This is the Millionaire Real Estate Podcast, where you'll learn the strategies and tactics you need to become a millionaire agent. Learn from top agents, brokers, team leaders, and experts in the industry who can help you on the path to success. And now, here's today's episode. everyone. Welcome to today's episode. And we have Matt Cavanaugh and Tim Winfrey. They have a podcast called The Freedom Chasers. Matt is a serial entrepreneur. He's a real estate team leader. And we are going to be talking about all things. We're going to be talking about what's possible if you become a master caller. We're going to be talking about how to become a real estate investor. Um, and so lots of fun stuff. So Matt and Tim, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And I love that intro. Like it gets me pumped up. I want to start dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So let's talk real quick. First of all, um, you were telling me right before we got on the show that you actually taught your daughter how to write scripts and set appointments. So I want to hear all about that. And I'd love to have you and Tim do a little bit of role playing to show us what could be done. Like, what did you teach her? If you could teach your 12 year old daughter and she's setting all kinds of appointments, surely everybody on this call can do the same. So tell us about that. 100%. Yeah. So I got into phone sales back right out. I was a math teacher and I realized I needed I to was a math teacher too. No I have my degree in math. Oh my gosh. BA or BS? Bachelor of Arts? Yes. Oh, yeah. cool. Right on. Love it. So yeah, so I was teaching math, not making enough income to really support our family. So I left and went into sales and got to experience that that challenge. Um, actually, can you guys see me? I think I'm frozen. No, we can see you fine. Okay, great. So basically, going through that process of learning sales was tough because I was a sole provider of income. And so I had no choice. So I guess that would be one thing too. There's a way for agents or whoever is thinking about selling, when they begin the sales process to put themselves in a position where they have no choice but to succeed. I think that's one of the greatest things that you can do. Um, because that allows you to remove all mental distractions and solely focus on the only choice I have in this is to be successful. So that's a huge thing. But going to your point about my daughter, it was really important to me being a father that I teach our kids skills. And there was a, there was another benefit to it as well. We have essentially a sales team that we train and we work with, and I felt like they could get more um, out of what they were doing, but they were starting to lag a little bit and starting to come up with more excuses. And so what I did is I said, Hey, I'm going to grab my daughter and I'm going to train her in one month. And then she's going to outperform you guys because she's not going to have the same limiting beliefs that you have. And sure enough, we gave her the entire script, all the objections, the process. I worked with her on her vocal patterns. And in one month, she set the most listing appointments in a two-week period amongst all of our adults. And it it kind of shook things up a little bit and it allowed uh, our adults to, to move on and, and overcome some of their limiting beliefs. Mm, that is so good. So, so tell us exactly what you taught her. And I'd love for you to do a little bit of role play with you and... Tim, if you don't mind, let's start with a buy. Let's start with a listing. Let's then move to a buyer. And then I'd love for you to do some recruiting scripts as well. Absolutely. 
So one of the things when I when I think about scripts, you're really thinking about a way of moving somebody from point A to point B. And so the script has to be designed around understanding where point A is. And this is something that if you start studying uh, people call copywriters, so copywriters are people that write like the website language and all those ads that nobody likes to look at, but still people buy from. That's a great way of getting a sense of how do you persuade somebody from, from point A to point B. So the number one thing is when we talk about listings, I like to narrow it down even further. What is the lead source that you're calling to pursue those listings? If it's expired, it's a little bit of a different opener and script than if it's for sell by owners or if it's circle prospecting or distressed sellers. So each of those types of lead sources will have similarities in the mindset, thoughts, the, how their days work uh, of those people. Once you could start to narrow down what that person looks like, you can enter the conversation, as they say, that's going on in their mind, and that allows the beginning of the script to be created. So the beginning of the script for me on each of those things would look a bit different. Once I had nailed that properly, generally then, most of the rest of the script for all sellers will stay the same. You move very quickly into a place of asking questions because what the person who asks questions in a, in a sales conversation is the one who controls the conversation because the prospect feels like they're in control when they're not. They give you everything you need. And then at the end, you're able to summarize their needs and then state why your product is the perfect solution to their, to their needs. So if you want, we can go super deep into that. We can go through it. But via role play, but I definitely want to say that someone should be focusing on understanding that particular lead source. That'll be very, very helpful. Okay. So just give us a lead source. It doesn't matter what, and then go ahead and role play it with Tim. Yeah. So we could do for sell by owners because that's probably the one that that we work with the most. And and I'll just state for everybody out there, I have been training this for for quite a while, but it has been several years since I've been in the grind every single day. So if we brought on, say, John, he would be sharper than than I would, but I can give the conceptual overview pretty well. So, all right, Tim, whenever you're ready. I'm ready, bud. All right, ring, ring. Hello. Hey, Tim, um, this is Matt. I noticed your property over there on 123 Main Street. Um, looks really nice. Can you tell me a little bit more about the property? Um, yeah, sure. It's a four bed, two bath, um, totally renovated property. Cool. So Tim, let's do this. Let's kind of have like a pause role play where we pause and dissect. Mm -hmm. So essentially one thing that I'm I'm trying to notice is how are they responding to me? Like what is their tonality? What is their energy levels? And so one thing that's really important for salespeople to know is first of all, what is your tonality coming into the call? What is your energy like? How are they responding to that energy? So like for the listeners, they're probably hearing Tim being not completely reluctant, but a little bit reluctant, a little bit low energy. So these are the types of things that you'll want to analyze as the call progresses. But Tim is open at this point. So um, all right, continue, Tim. Um, yeah, and we're asking 264. What other questions do you have about it? Yeah, so so taking a look, you know, and so actually, Chantel, it's okay if I just do like more of a description role play? Sure. Because <laughs> I'm like, I really want to teach. So, so what's happening? And the reason that we're asking these particular questions at the beginning is because a lot of times we'll see with FISBO scripts that people are using is that they'll get shutdowns right away because they'll say, hey, I'm so-and-so with KW 
you know, and, and they immediately they'll go into like some basic pitch and they'll get shut down. So the first thing that I want to do is get people talking about their home. And so I want to point out things that are super positive about that process. So in this process, I'm going to ask them questions generally based on what I'm viewing on the listing. So, you know, usually you're finding for sale by owners on Zillow. And so Zillow will have pictures. And so based on that, we'll, we'll guide how I ask those questions. So if the house has super nice furnishings, I'll talk about that. If it has a nice backyard, I want to get Tim feeling super comfortable about his property and get him to open up quite a bit. So obviously I don't have a Zillow listing in front of me. But if I did, I would point out like, hey, wow, Tim, this is you got a really, really nice backyard. I really think this is amazing property. Can you tell me more about, you know, the things that our buyers care about, like age of roof and, you know, like some of the upcoming spends they might have? So we can continue, Tim. Tell me tell me some of the stats about the house. Um, sure. It's about 3,000 square feet. Okay. Totally renovated. So that means we've done redone the bathrooms, we've redone the kitchen, we've done pretty much everything that any new buyer would, would, would be looking for. Awesome. Cool. And with the property this nice, Tim, what is leading you to want to sell it? We are actually moving out of state. Cool. And so what would your like, ideally in a perfect world, what would your time frame look like? Um, are you looking to buy this property or what's going on? These are kind of strange questions from a buyer. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Tim. So I'm a licensed agent. I'm also a buyer and an investor. So we have a number of ways that we work with sellers, one of which is the fact that we can buy properties for market value if they are able to cash flow. We also buy properties as investments. We have buyers that we work with. So really, it's just to, to get a sense of where you're at and what you hope to accomplish and see if there's a fit. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Um, my cousin is a realtor though. So if I was to choose to list it on the MLS, I think I would use her. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Is it okay if I continue to ask you a few more questions to see if this might work for one of our clients? Sure. If you got a buyer, let's talk. Cool. So, so guys right here in my mind, a lot of people I notice when we work with salespeople get scared. I would that check out at this point, 99.9% .9 of the people are out. They're like, up. Oh, this guy already has a agent who is their cousin. There's no way he's listing with me. They're out of here. Totally. And I asked myself this question, which changes that mindset for me. If he truly wanted to use that agent, why wouldn't he have used them already? And so that already tells me the chance that he really thinks this agent is the best agent for him is really low. At a minimum, he feels like this agent isn't good enough to get him the result that he could get on his own at a minimum, but it's probably better than that for us as the callers. So I have no negative emotion towards the fact that he already has an agent. In fact, like I, I oftentimes view that as a positive because what's happening is if he positions himself that way to me, he's doing that to other agents and he's going to scare off my competition and I'm going to be left with less competition at the end to be able to get the listing. Mm, so good. So what the, the process we're in right now is just a question asking process. And so some th key things to know is one, everything that the person says is good and acceptable. At any point, if you don't, essentially praise and affirm what they're saying, then you become the enemy, you become the adversary of that person. And then all of a sudden, your chances of winning that listing go down quite a bit. So as you're asking all of the pre qualifying questions, 
every answer, no matter how now how bad it would be for your side, you want to praise it with genuine energy and and let them know like this is totally okay and this is good. And so at the end, if it doesn't lead to you getting the listing, no big deal. You'll go on to the next call. But if you show your intentions and you become an adversary to that person, your chances of getting the listing drop by like 90, 95%. So one thing I wanted to, to kind of notice that you just said, when you first started the conversation with the person, you said, you know, I'm looking at a picture of your property at 123 B Street. It looks amazing. Can you tell me more about it? Like saying it like that and starting the conversation already makes me like, oh, wow, you think my property is really nice. You think, you see what I'm saying? Like you didn't start off with, this is Julie with ABC Realty. No, not going to work. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Give us kind of the staples, like step one, step two, you always say, here's some of the things that are, you know, I always start here. I always do this, that sort of thing. So to me, my main goal in the beginning of a conversation is to get people feeling comfortable, whatever that takes. And so in a normal for sale by owner call, I have the Zillow listing up. I I spend three seconds looking at it before a call, just so I already know going into it what things I like about the property so that I can be specific. So one general rule, and this works in real estate or anywhere with anybody, if you give praise and it's general, it's way less valuable than if you give specific praise. And so... So much so that in some cases, if you give general praise, what happens is people think you're trying to flatter them and it can be negative. But if you give specific praise, like I like this about you and I like when you do this thing this way, then it's hard for people not to go, wow, like he truly or she truly feels that way. So when we give praise about properties, we praise specific things that are in the property or specific aspects about the property, like the lot size, things of that nature. And so that allows a connection to be made. And so What I always do at the beginning of a call when possible is I always strive for human connection and getting a level of comfort with that, with that seller. From there, I transition and I leverage that, that connection to ask questions that are pre-qualifying. Now, the the goal of that is that the questions are asked in such a way where the client, the potential client feels like I am being a consultant, that I am listening to them, understanding them, feeling them so that at the end, for me, I have a totally pre-qualified seller, but for them, they, they're they totally understood and felt heard. And so at the end of that, if you understand their entire situation, why they're selling, why they want to do what they're doing, why they're for sale by owner, and it all makes sense, then likely they'll feel understood. And then there's the basis of trust that's been established. And then you can move towards generally a very, very simple closing. So what I just heard you say is instead of saying like, I saw your property and it was great, you would see maybe they they put their picture on for sale by owner on Zillow and you would say, I saw your master bathroom. It looks like you just remodeled it. I loved everything that you did in there. That was fantastic. Is that it, what I'm hearing you say? Exactly. And if you could be even more specific, like I love the colors that you chose. I love how that blends in with this. The more specific that you can get, the more likely they are to take the praise as like your true feelings. And it's very hard for people to not like love you if you like them. Like that's one of the things that really shocked me when I got into sales. I didn't know prior to sales was that people generally like you if you like them. That's usually one of the only criteria. As long as your personality and being doesn't automatically rub them the wrong way, 
then you're you're in if you just like them and show interest. And now a word from our sponsor, Canzel Realty. Run your business your way, only at Canzel Realty. You can have all the freedom with none of the standard real estate red tape. If you're an agent, you get to run the show however you want and be your own boss. If you want to launch a team, you don't have to jump through all the hurdles and holdups. From day one, you'll have tons of tools and perks to offer your team. Powerful real estate tech like KV Core, Brokerman, and Skyslope. If you want to be your own brokerage or already have your own brokerage, that's not a problem either. You'll still get to run it however you want. All Canzel requires is a small Powered by Canzel logo next to yours. You can be the broker, you can be the manager, and you get to determine splits. You get all the tech, admin support, ownership stock, and revenue share, but most importantly, all the freedom, all the time, only at Canzel Realty. Okay, so you're first kind of flattering them with something about the property that you like, um, and then what, what's kind of the next step there? So step yeah, so two is what is is the pre-qualification process. So this is it's a standard, generally set of questions about everything that you need to know, like when are they moving, why are they moving, why are they for sale by owner? Ideally, when would they like it to be completed? It's trying to paint the full picture of what's their scenario, and obviously, I say why in this sense, but I don't say why on those questions because that puts them in a defensive state. But you, as, a, as an agent there, you're trying to get the full picture because it's in you need the full picture to do your job and they need to give you the full picture to feel like they can trust you because a great agent who's able to get that from them is is very not, that's not common. Most, most salespeople, most agents don't use a process to fully lay out someone's plan and so they don't they don't gain that trust. So if you can go through that well, you will gain their trust like very few other people have. Okay, so now we've found out the what, the when, we've asked them all these questions. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. Yes, yeah. who, what, when, where, how. Then what is the next step to getting the appointment with them? So it's it's the transition. So essentially people need to be guided. They need to be told what to do but you can't tell them what to do until they trust that you have their best interest and you're the best person to tell them what to do. So that's why these first two steps are important. But then after that, based on what I've heard from you, based on, and then you can review, do a complete review of their goals based on the fact that you want this, you want this, you want it like this, but you don't want it like that. And you want it like this. My recommendation is that we do this. So that's one way of transitioning. The other way is, hey, why don't we get together if you're going to meet them in person? Or like our team does everything over the phone. So we sign the listings over the phone. So based on that, let's go ahead and get the paperwork knocked out so we can get this going for you. So it's literally just an assumptive at that point because we've we've uncovered everything. Mm, I love that. So now the next step is what I'm hearing you say is, and now you're basically kind of recapping what they've said, but now what are you saying to, to get that appointment? So then I've told you all these things, then what are you, cause he's already said, well, I have my cousin who could list it if I want to. So how are you getting him? Let's go ahead and do the close with Tim right now. Sure. And I, I want to say something. If, if you do this well, a lot of times the cousin just doesn't come back up. Like the cousin just goes away. And if the cousin does come back up, that's an objection, Tim, you could throw at me that we can handle. And so so the the ability to close and how you close comes down to how well you've done step one and two. But Tim, go ahead. Um, absolutely. Let me throw this out there. People don't care what you say until you show that you care. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's a... Uh, 
something I like to keep in my mind all the time. So where should we jump back into it, Matt? Um, why don't you give me a little bit of objections? Let's let's say I built some great rapport with you. Let's say I've gotten all the questions that I need so I understand your situation. And maybe just like, maybe I, I just pitched you on like, hey, Tim, like this sounds great. Why don't we just get the paperwork knocked out and so we can get this thing rolling for you? And then throw throw some objections at me and then we can go from there. Okay. So we'll assume you just said that. Um, that seems pretty premature. I feel like I just met you on a phone call and you're already yeah. trying to sign some paperwork with me. Um, totally. I feel like I would need some more some more information about you, what you do, things of that nature before I could even consider doing that. Okay, awesome. So now, guys, we've got this objection. So what I'll do now is I'll clarify this objection and I'll ask him to go deeper. So awesome, Tim. Yeah, so obviously you'd like a little bit more information about me. Tell me what, what other things are important for you to know about us or about the process. Um, are you local? Where are you located? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> obviously, the answer would depend on on the reality here because we sell properties in a bunch of different states. Um, so Tim, give me a, give me a, a setting here. Am I local or am I not local? You're not local. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I assume Tim, you're asking that question because it's really important to you that you have an agent that knows the area and is able to get the job done for you. Is that correct? Precisely. So this is, this is a tactic that we, I love to use. So a lot of times when people give you an objection, that's an impossible objection for you to answer. What they're looking to do is they're actually looking to disqualify you from being able to list their property. And so when they do this, oftentimes it doesn't even matter what answer you give them. They will literally just use that as the reason that you can't be their agent. Like, oh, you're local. Oh, no, I'm looking for a non-local agent or you're not local. Oh, sorry. You know, uh, I only work with local agents. So what I do to make it way harder on them is I rephrase their question to uncover the intent of their question. So in this case, he says, hey, are you local? I said, hey, it sounds like you want a local agent because you want somebody who knows the area so they can get the property sold for you. That allows me to shift the scene from only local agents know the, the local market to just someone who knows the local market, which I can fulfill. And just to piggyback off of what you just said, Matt, if you ever get stuck on a call and you don't know how to answer the question, just rephrase what they just said to you in a different way, right? So you just ask it the same question back to them and people will tend to go deeper. So we're, so we're running out of time. I want you to just wrap this up because I want you to talk to you about the, the real estate investor part of things. So yeah. kind of give us your best closing line to either to set an appointment with him or to get this guy to sign something with you. What would, what would you do to wrap this guy up? Okay. I'm going to be a little bit non-conventional here as is kind of common for me, but, but it's because it's true. And so essentially the best closing is one where, where your three-year-old could do it because the closing happens at the beginning in the middle. The closing is just a formality at the end. So if you're having to hard close somebody, it's because one and two were not done properly. And so my closings oftentimes are, hey, let's me just send the paperwork over and we'll get this thing moving. And they say yes. And so I like to think about the closing like I like to think about a marriage proposal. If you're proposing to someone in public and you get denied, that's really unfortunate because that that should have been like discussed ahead of time and it should have been an easy yes. Same thing in the sales process. When you get to the closing, you should know with a lot of certainty that you're going to close them. And so I would say the best closing is the one where 
you do the recap ahead of the closing of their goals and their dreams. And they say, yes, that's exactly what I want. Because once they've told you exactly what they want, you've been able to recap it. It should be very natural to say, hey, let's do the paperwork so I can get this goal accomplished for you. And then they say yes. And you send in the paperwork and they sign. So is there anything that you would say, because this guy said his cousin, would you say something like, let me sell it, let me try it for 30 days or any kind of catchy things that you say that kind of makes them feel at ease? Oh, gosh, yes. Um, So first, I guess there's two parts to that question. So part number one is, would I bring up an objection if they don't rebring it up? The answer would be no, because I don't want to create obstacles that, that don't need to be created. However, when you talk about is there things that you would do to put them at ease? Absolutely. One thing we haven't talked about that is pretty viable is the guarantee stack. So essentially, there are there are several ways that you can overcome concerns. You can you can offer a nice guarantee stack. I would say like the people at the, the top of the sales pyramid don't usually offer guarantees. They, they have such certainty in their voice, they can get around that. But we offer a pretty good guarantee stack. So for example, we have a you know, cancel anytime guarantee. We actually have a guarantee where for sell by owners can sell on their own while working with us. And if they sell it, they don't pay us. So what we did in the evaluation of our sales process was think what would be every particular reason somebody would choose not to work with us? And is there a guarantee or something that we can do that would eliminate that desire to not work with us? And so that's a big thing is a lot of times for sell by owners don't work with their cousins because they feel like they they need innately to try this on their own and that they can do it better. So if we create a side-by-side process, because we know we're going to do it better, that that we can offer them, then we know that our risk is pretty small. And so that's one of the guarantees that we offer that has eliminated that that problem. So I would say having give me a all of- give me all the different guarantees because I am such a guarantee person. Like I'm awesome. telling you, I love that. That's one of my favorite things. I know that when I had our team, when we had our team, one of the things we always say to people, we like to say, "We'll sell your home for free if you don't love it in the first 90 days." Yeah. Which almost nobody takes advantage of that. Like most people stay in the house for more than 90 days, right? Um, We have the fact that you don't get stuck in a long-term contract. If you're not happy with our service, you can, you know, fire us anytime. We also have the one click and we donate to the charity of your choice. So people love to give back to the community. So that's another one, but give us, give us all your guarantees. Cause I love that. And I think everyone, I like how you said that the guarantee stack and yeah. everyone should create their own guarantee stack. Go ahead. A hundred percent. And just, just so you guys know, like their sales is one thing. And then you know, direct response marketing, copywriting is another. But I think the more that you can take all of these different fields and put them together, it makes you a powerhouse. So one of the things that direct response marketers do is that they they have to sell somebody on a computer screen at once without salespeople, so which is pretty wild. One of the ways they do that is they eliminate objections by pre-fronting them and by guarantee stacking. So if you can overcome an objection with a simple response, great. But a lot of objections... A response isn't the right move, it's a guarantee. And so what we did is we took all of the objections that we couldn't solve by a simple response and we put a guarantee to them. So guarantee number one is that FISBOs, they don't wanna be locked down in any way. So we put a cancel anytime guarantee. They also wanted the ability to sell it on their own. So we created a side-by-side approach where if they sold it, they paid us nothing. And gosh, I'm gonna forget our third guarantee 
Oh yeah. Well, actually there's, there's more than three. Like the fourth guarantee uh, is essentially the, uh, if they found a buyer, but then felt uncomfortable doing the paperwork, we would do it at a significantly reduced fee. And that fee was pre-negotiated before, before the happening. So, um, and then there's one more, I'm sure it'll come up, but I, I can send it out, uh, Chantel to you guys where you, they could see the whole guarantee stack. That's fine. That's fine. So we are running out of time. We're actually really slow on time, but I don't want to end before we talk about this whole investing idea. And I yeah. love that you are passionate about passive income as well. And at Kanzel, we have a great revenue stream where you can yeah. earn passive income um, from hiring agents. But I want you to talk a little bit about how you earn passive income. Yeah. So, so far, you know, for the most part, it's been by owning property and there's a lot of ways to earn passive income. So I'm so glad you talked about your company that does that. There's other, uh, you know, companies, like if I were in your area, I'd be at your brokerage, but there's other companies that do that as well, but th there's other ways to earn passive income. So, but I would say for agents, one of the easiest ways is to own property. And so while I think it's great to be an agent and people should, once your license continue to practice, I think, adding a portion of your focus to buying investment properties is a really good idea. So I have built teams where we've done hundreds of transactions a year, and that does equate to some pretty good income. But I can tell you that if you focus on investing, you could do 10 times less volume and end up with a result that's as good or better. So I got turned on to being an investor in 2018. And with five transactions, the buying of two properties, the selling of those, and the buying of three single-family houses by Tim went from zero passive income to 11300 a month. And it completely changed my outlook from, wow, why am I trying to build these teams and grind out hundreds of transactions a year when five complete transactions took me from zero to where I could be retired if I want to be retired? And so since then, I've been just telling anybody that will listen, hey, if you're an agent, start working with investors, start becoming an investor. Um, and there's like, we can go hours and hours on this topic. But now in our podcast, we're interviewing people that are going from zero to retired in one transaction. And a lot of times in this case, they're having people find that transaction for them. So that they're literally doing so little and going from zero to retired. So it's just a much faster, easier way to go from where you're at to, you know, being able to live the life that you want to live. Well, let's have you come back on because um, okay. we just got so involved in those scripts and they were so, so good. And we'll have you come back on and really talk about what you need to do to become a real estate investor. This has been great. Tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you and also type it in the chat if you can. Yeah, absolutely. And Tim, if you'll if you'll send the link tree in the chat, I don't know why, but my screen is like literally black. So I haven't seen you guys at all this episode. So hopefully, hopefully everything looks okay. But yeah, the Freedom Chasers podcast is where you could find us. Tim will share the link tree. That will give you all the links that you need to go to to either find the audio version or the, the video version. Um, and then, of course, if you want to reach out to us, we have a free Facebook group where we answer anybody's questions regarding sales, investing, et cetera. So um, that would be the best way. That is awesome. Well, you guys stay tuned. We've got another episode coming up in just a few. Thank you and bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a rating and a review so we can get this out to more agents. And tune in next week for another power-packed episode. This is the Millionaire Real Estate Podcast.